0: My name's Lysphira Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in, on this show I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Sorry about that, I was running a little late. Totally not my fault. Well, it was my fault, at first. I was helping my best friend Raidro with target practice and lost track of time. Which might come as a surprise if you knew that the target practice involved me balancing pebble fruits on my head while Raidro shot them off with arrows. One might think I'd be eager to get out of there as soon as possible, but Raidro's actually an excellent shot. I only feared for my life one time. Two times. There were five times I was a little bit afraid for my life, but other than those, it was a lot of fun. But then I realized I was running late to get to the radio station. I was supposed to be here early to have a production meeting with Ruben, so I decided to take a shortcut. Funny thing about shortcuts, the worst time to try out a new one is usually when you need them the most. I had a vague idea of how to cut through the northeast grove so that I would end up at the radio station. I figured as long as I could hear the waterfall to my left, I was heading in the right direction. The correct direction, I mean. Oh, see, even now I'm all turned around. Long story short, I got kind of lost. I was about to try to retrace my steps and cut my losses when I stumbled across an open meadow. And when I say stumble, I mean stumble. I was concentrating so hard on trying to hear the waterfall, I tripped over a rock and practically fell into the meadow. It's kind of hard to describe what happened next. I stepped, stumbled, into the meadow and almost immediately heard someone call out behind me. I couldn't make out what they said. It sounds like when a bear fly zips past your ear so fast that its little roar is fading into the distance before you can even swat at it. I started to turn toward the voice, but then I felt myself being pulled backwards back into the trees by Redra! She said that she had followed me because I had told her I was taking a shortcut, and she knew that I had a terrible sense of direction. Her words, not mine. Well, I guess they're my words now. Can't really deny the facts. Anyway, she said she lost me for several minutes, then managed to track me to the meadow. She called my name, and when she did, she said I began turning very slowly. Which doesn't make sense to me, since I felt like she had barely given me any time to turn before she yanked me out of there we realize that there must be some kind of enchantment on the meadow that speeds up time for anyone standing inside of it. So I had felt like no time had passed at all, while Raedra had watched me stand almost frozen from her spot outside of the meadow, where time was moving normally. Raedra pointed me in the right direction to get to the radio station. It turned out I should have had the waterfall on my right. And then went to alert the rangers about the meadow. Hopefully they'll be able to dispel the enchantment. Or at least put up some warning signs. Anyway, Reuben. That is why I'm late. Please forgive me for missing our meeting. Also, we need to discuss a contingency plan in case I'm ever running late in the future. You can't just air silence, that's terrible radio. At least do some bird calls or something, come on. With that out of the way, let's open our first letter. If you want to write into Dear Fira, you can send your letters to Dear Fira at the Towering Forest radio station. This letter is from Brevant. Brevant writes, Les Fira, hello. My name is Bervant, and I am a recent graduate of Back and Cat's Academy of Magic with a major in divination magic and a minor in theater arts, but that's not really relevant to this letter. As a divination wizard, I am able to catch glimpses into the future, either by focusing on people or objects. When I began my studies, I decided I never wanted to look into my own future, but instead use my powers only to help others. The other day, I was cleaning out my closet, and after picking up a hat, I was launched into a vision of the future. Usually my powers need to be activated by me, but on some occasions, I'll get pulled into a vision of the future without doing anything. This often happens if I didn't get enough sleep the night before, or if I forgot to eat breakfast. The vision showed me the hat became drenched in this disgusting purple slime. So here's where I need the advice. I'm now terrified to wear that hat ever again. I don't want to be covered in purple slime, but I'm worried that if I keep the hat in my home, I'm going to eventually forget about the vision, wear the hat, and boom, slime. But I don't want to give the hat away and doom someone else to getting slimed. What do I do? Preferring to stay unslimed burvant. Okay. So I'm no divination wizard, obviously. Uh, Not without trying, though. One time I borrowed a friend's crystal ball to see if I had a knack for divination, and I immediately saw a vision of myself. But I wasn't doing anything, just staring. I very quickly realized that I was just seeing my own reflection in the glass. (laughs) Okay, it took me 10 minutes to realize. Anyway, I don't know much about divination in the future, but can't you just destroy the hat? I mean, I'd hate to see a good hat get destroyed, but it sounds like it's doomed for destruction anyway, so maybe it's better to take it out of commission now before the sliming happens. That way, no one risks wearing it. But from what little I know about seeing the future, it seems like you were the most likely person to have been wearing that hat in the vision, right? Even if you destroy it, there's still a chance you might have a sliming in your future, no matter what hat you're wearing. So, maybe start carrying around an umbrella? Oh, or invest in one of those umbrella hats. Those are cute. Thanks for writing in. Good luck with the slime. Our next letter is from Wilent. Willent writes, Dear Fira, please settle a disagreement between me and my friend. The other day, the two of us were exploring a cave system to try to find rare crystal samples to use as spell and potion components. We were deep into the tunnels when I noticed a space in one of the walls close to the floor. We quickly realized that there was a cave on the other side of the wall. I'm an elf who's well over six feet, but my friend is very small, even for a halfling, so she crawled through the space to see what was on the other side. A couple minutes later, she reemerged with a sword! She said that it had been floating in the middle of the cave, glowing with a green light, with unfamiliar runes floating around it in the air. When she grabbed its hilt, it stopped glowing, the runes disappeared, and the sword fell into her hand, no longer floating. Here's our agreement. I think that I should get to keep the sword, since I was the one who noticed the entrance to the cave. Without me, the sword wouldn't have been found. But my friend thinks that she should get to keep the sword, since she's the one who went into the cave and took it. So who should get to keep the sword? Thanks, Wilent. Thanks for writing in, Wilent. So hopefully I play it off well, but sometimes on this show, I struggle with giving advice. You know, I worry that I'm not saying the right thing, or, or maybe I'm missing some context, or, or maybe there's a better solution that I hadn't thought of. But with this letter, I am absolutely certain of my decision, which is this. Put the sword back! I'm serious! Which one of us should keep the glowing floating sword that was surrounded by unidentifiable runes and hidden in a cave deep within a cave system? That is not the question you should be asking here! Okay, sure. Maybe it was left behind for a worthy adventurer to find. But consider this. Maybe it's cursed. If you're not going to put it back, fine. But at least take it to an expert to get it checked out. It's not going to matter who owns the sword if you both turn into gollywaddles because you removed it from its sacred spot. But if it turns out to just be a normal, magic-floating, glowing, rune-surrounded, curse-free sword, I think you both have a pretty strong claim to it. Maybe you could have joint custody of the sword. You know, alternate months or something. Or sell it for two smaller swords. Ones that definitely aren't cursed! Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to take a call. If you need some advice, just tell your speaking plant to call Dearless Fira at the Towering Forest radio station. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're invited to the grand opening of Cordal's newest attraction, the Museum of Broken Curses. What were once powerfully dangerous objects that terrorized families and communities for generations are now safely on display for all to enjoy. Come view a locket that used to hold the soul of a demon who would control the wearer's every move. Until one day, a hero managed to rip the locket from the owner's neck and stab it with a unicorn's horn, banishing the demon and leaving behind a rather fashionable, albeit dented, necklace. Take a peek at a mirror that used to show a person their deepest fears, sending them spiraling with psychic horror that was nearly impossible to escape from. Thanks to the adventuring siren who reduced it to a pile of shards with her powerful singing voice, the mirror, pile of shards, can now be safely enjoyed by the public. And don't forget to say hi to little Perina, the formerly animated doll who terrorized South Forgen for months. No one knows how the curse on this doll was broken. It just appeared on our doorstep one day. We are almost positive it is no longer cursed. Like, 83% sure. Gems, statues, crowns, vases, cloaks. Even our museum itself was once cursed before the great-great-great-grandchild of the original owner of the house baked a cake for the great-great-great-grandchild of the sorcerer who placed the curse. The recipe for that cake can be found in our gift shop, along with other various items that can be used for your own curse-breaking at home. Also, we have t-shirts. So come explore the magic or lack thereof, of the Museum of Broken Curses. Please note, the museum is closed on the 13th of every month. Just to be safe. And we're back with Dear Lesphira! And we have a caller on the vine! Hello caller, you're on the air!
1: Hello, uh, my name is Dr. Excaliburum C.L. Horngall. I'm the head teacher at- Oh, hi
0: Dr. Horngall! I know who you are! You do? I'm Lisfira Lindenbar. You were my teacher at Synthesis Primary School. A little over a century ago?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I definitely remember you. How are you? I'm well. I actually recently left Synthesis Primary to accept a position as head teacher of Back and Cats Preparatory School.
0: Oh, that's that fancy prep school for kids who plan on going to Back and Cats Academy of Magic, right?
1: It is a school for exceptionally gifted magical children, yes. Whether or not they decide to continue their studies at Back and Cat's Academy is up to them, but we try to give them the tools they need to succeed on whatever magical path they may choose.
0: Well, that's great! Hey, Dr. Horngall, do you remember when that kid cast a floating spell on me and I was stuck on the roof for three hours before someone noticed me up there?
1: My goodness, I actually do remember that! Ah, Lisvira Lindenbar. Yes, I remember. You were the little elven girl who staged a protest to demand more free reading periods.
0: Oh, well, oh. I wouldn't really say I staged the protest. I was having a calm but passionate debate with Miss Pogwillet about the absurdity of us having three periods a week dedicated to playing vine ball and only one period of free reading time. Then my best friend Raedra. Oh, do you remember Raedra?
1: Oh, yes, I certainly remember Miss Yvesay. I believe she was the inspiration for the weapons ban in the cafeteria.
0: Right, yes. Raidra heard me debating with the librarian, so she encouraged the other kids in our class to start chanting more free reading time. Which was really supportive of her, especially because she definitely preferred vineball over free reading time, but she also really liked leading loud chants.
1: Yes, I believe she was also the inspiration for the no loud chanting in the cafeteria rule.
0: But you helped us get one of those vine ball periods switched to free reading time.
1: Well, I always try to be a listening ear for the students and help them achieve their goals in any way I can. It certainly wasn't an unreasonable request.
0: So now apparently it's my turn to help you. Do you need some advice?
1: I do need some advice. I've read many books, attended some lectures, and spoken to a number of colleagues, but as my issue continues to persist, I thought perhaps a younger voice could give me the insight I need to improve the situation.
0: Then, what situation is that?
1: I've been in my new position at Back and Cats Prep for about six months now. I didn't think being head teacher at a magic school would be much different than working at Synthesis Primary, but it is quite different. How so? Well, of course, there were students at Synthesis who possessed magic.
0: Right, like that kid who floated me to the roof.
1: Exactly, and I knew how to handle those occasional incidents. But at Back and Cat's prep, every day there's a student on the roof, and a flock of bear bats in the art room, and a fire in the pool, somehow. These students are exceptional, but they are also incredibly difficult to keep under control. I see. And I've tried everything. If I put them in detention, they'll just speed up time so it's over faster. If I tell them to clean chalkboards, they'll just enchant the erasers to do the cleaning themselves. I even put together an assembly about the importance of discipline and respect.
0: Oh, we did that assembly too! Did you bring in that man who didn't respect a dragon and got his hair burned off?
1: Oh, no, uh, seems that man realized the assembly circuit didn't pay as much as his former career of stealing from dragon hordes, so he returned to that. I haven't heard from him in decades. Mm. But I did bring in a warlock who spoke about her experience of making a deal with a demon despite warnings from her teachers. Unfortunately, it turned out that she actually gained some powerful magic from the deal, and the students seemed to latch on more to that than to the terrible deeds she had to perform for the demon in return.
0: So now the students want to become warlocks?
1: The line out the guidance counselor's door stretched across half the school.
0: Okay, so your magic kids do a lot of magic, often disrupting their and other students' studies. Correct. Well, it sounds like maybe they aren't being given the space and time to use magic the way that they want.
1: But this is a school. We can't just let the students run around all day turning into animals literally and dueling each other in the gymnasium.
0: Of course not. But it's like free reading time, right? I just wanted a little more time to read the books I wanted to read. And you agreed with the idea. Yes. I'm just saying, you said you've read books and gone to lectures and spoken to colleagues, but have you tried listening to what the students want?
1: I was under the impression that all they wanted was to run rampant casting spells around the school.
0: Well, sure. And all I wanted was to be able to read all day. But we both knew that wasn't reasonable, so we came to a compromise. What if the students just want more time to freely practice magic? Maybe give them an extra free period to experiment with their magic in a safe environment. The students who duel in the gymnasium can start a dueling club. The students who are summoning animals can do so on special trips to the woods. And the students who like to set fire to the pool... Um, Well, I can't give you all the ideas, but you get my point.
1: You're saying that if the students are given more free time, they'll be more disciplined for the rest of the day? Well,
0: there are always going to be students who misbehave for their own personal reasons. But it sounds like most of these kids just need more opportunities to spread their wings.
1: Literally, for some of them.
0: Just start by asking what they want. Once those students are satisfied, and I think that will be most of them, you'll have more time to focus on those who misbehave for other reasons. By then, you'll probably be less overwhelmed and can focus on giving those students the help that they need.
1: Well, I did say that I like to be a listening ear for the students. I guess it's about time I actually try listening to them.
0: Exactly! I think you'll find that if you work together with the students, you can find a way for everyone to be happy.
1: Thank you for this excellent advice, Lysphera. You grew up to be a very intelligent young elf.
0: Well, I had some great teachers. And a lot of free reading time. Thanks for calling! Goodbye. Bye! Well, I hadn't thought about getting floated up onto that roof in ages. The funny thing is, before we were given the extra reading time, I actually asked the student to float me up there again so I could just read until someone found me. I think they were weirded out that I actually wanted to get stranded on the roof, and they never talked to me again which was probably for the best. Well, that's all for our show today. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Vera. Next up we have the sound of an arrow being shot and a second arrow slicing it in twain. Oh, Rager can do that. Well, I've never actually seen her do it, but she said she's done it a bunch of times when I wasn't looking. I'll talk to you all again real soon. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and leave magic floating swords where you find them. I had that one ready to go. I knew that it was going to be my closing statement as soon as we talked about it. Leave them alone! Bye! Thank you for listening to Dear Lesphera, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Lesphera was voiced by Katie Siegel. Dr. Horngall was voiced by Thomas Flontz. The sponsor was voiced by Katie Siegel, and I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do, Katie will not be surprised because she looked at her crystal ball and already knew that you would. And if you don't, she wants a refund on that crystal ball. We have Deerless Fira merch. Check it out at teespring.com slash store slash katiefliesaway. For more Deerless Fira, check out at Deerless Sphera on TikTok. You can also follow at
1: Deerless on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye!